Hi, and a wonderful and pleasant good evening to all that are joining us right now live on this episode of Breaking Out of Depression. We welcome you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we thank you for joining us as we continue to build this community that we see is vital and essential to helping folks deal with all manners of depression, all levels of anxiety, AD, ADHD, you name it. From time to time, as we have seen in the past, we will bring the experts on, many of whom would have had the personal experience of going through the different areas of which you're going to hear them speak about, you're going to hear their expertise, their experience, their knowledge, their information, dealing with themselves as well as others whom they would have helped over a consistent period of time. And so we are here to help each other as well as we combine our efforts to make this community one that would stand out with regards to how we can combine all the information together and give you what you need to develop an inspired lifestyle, a spirit-filled and God-led community that would help us to build on the knowledge and the information and the experience of each other so that we can help each other to overcome this negative influence of depression. So thank you again for joining us and let us begin with a word of prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for life spared health and strength and the opportunity that we have to live and move and have our being. As we come before you in this moment, in this time, we give you thanks in a tremendous way for your son Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you for the gift of salvation that you have made possible so freely with so much love that you have given unto us. We thank you, O oh God, for the possibility of eternal life with you. And we pray that as we continue to commit ourselves to build in this community, to get in the resources and to put in the effort to ensure that the information that goes out finds its way in the hearts and minds of people and serves the purpose for which it is intended, that everything will be done according to your will, that hearts and minds would be inspired, people would be transformed, and they would receive the necessary assistance to overcome all the negative aspects of depression. We thank you for the rest of our staff, my co-hosts, our producer, and members of the LBW network. We pray, God, that you continue to be with us as we continue to seek to serve. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. So, welcome again to this edition of Breaking Out of Depression. We are supposed to have a guest coming on at around 7 p.m. It's now 6.34, but there's some important information I want to share. And this evening's program, we will focus on childhood and adulthood trauma and the overcoming of it. Because while we're looking at the reality of the trauma, we want you to also see the other side, where there is the solution, the overcoming. Not necessarily the all-conquering side of it, but how we can better manage and develop and grow 
as we continue to understand how it works and how we can work towards eliminating the control and the influence of anxiety through trauma in our lives. So we expect our guests to come on and his experience, his personal story is something that will catch your imagination because he actually went through a whole lot of childhood trauma himself. So let me do a little bit of house cleaning and later on you will see what this guest is going to bring to the program. First of all, I want you to remember that we have made a commitment to supply a resource directory of personnel who have been on this program. That should you need their services at any time at all, at least you can get that information from us. Every single guest that have been on this program will be on a resource personnel file. Why? Because remember, in building our community, we need to have quick access to the people who are in key and pivotal positions to extend the information, the knowledge at any given time to those who are members of the community and those who we invite to be members of the community. So let your friends, family, loved ones, brothers and sisters know that this community is working towards building a resource personal that will be available for you in the initial stages, free of charge. Send us a request with your email information to our WhatsApp number, 1869-664-4365, and we will respond accordingly. Remember also to download our app on your Android device. It's free of charge, and it is not dangerous to your Android device, so you can follow us on LBW Radio Network Live. Remember to also support our other programs, Iron Sharpnet, Iron Action Friday, the scriptures from an ancient Hebrew perspective with my boy, my brother, Luke Neptune, better known as Lazarus. No resource free to download will be given today on this episode, but we'll do so on the next episode. The thought for the week, I thought I'd give it early, is this. Love is a decision when made eventually takes your emotions along with it. Let me repeat the thought for the week. Love is a decision when made, eventually takes your emotions along with it. I want you to keep that in mind as we continue to move along with the program. I want to say a special shout out to my co-host who is not here with us. Today is his 25th birthday. Good evening to the panel. Okay, Gracie Vincent is on. Yes, as I was saying, our co-host is celebrating his 25th birthday today. So give Wendell Paris a shout out at any time. Feel free. Uh, he's celebrating and probably would watch or would not watch. I don't know what he's doing, but he's having a wonderful time, I suppose, celebrating his birthday today. So shout him out. Shout out. To Wendell Paris, our co-host, having a happy, wonderful, blessed, loving birthday today. I'm going to share some information with us of some people who have been truly affected by mental health issues from a very early age and could have, in many ways, destroyed their careers and their lives. And for us to understand how this is such a challenging 
thing to deal with with regards to mental challenges, mental disease, mental issues. It is something that no one actually cannot be touched by. I want to repeat that. No one cannot see that they are in a position where they cannot be touched. Yes, Nicholas Puran, I, I get you. 25, lots of love. Lots of love to my brother. But I want to share with you this information because I want you to understand that even though people can become extremely successful, they are not necessarily immune to the challenges of mental health issues. And for a long time, many of us would have seen different areas of challenges that people would have. And we probably would have wondered, how come someone can be so successful, achieving so many things, accomplishing this and accomplishing that, but still find themselves in a position where they have to deal with mental health issues? Well, I'm going to share this information with us. And by sharing this information, we can see the reality of this scourge that we have to deal with. On my screen, you are seeing a young lady. And her name is Simone Biles. So let me tell you a little bit about Simone. She's an American artistic gymnast with a combined total of 32 Olympic and World Champion medals. She is the most decorated female gymnast of all times. Now, she is still competing, recently got married to an NFL player by the name of Jonathan Owens. So she's now Simon Biles Owens. However, when she went to the Tokyo Olympics, she had some serious mental health issues. And it was taught, it was published that it was because of ADHD, which is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And the U.S. Gymnastics Organization released a statement saying, and I quote, after a further medical evaluation, Simone Biles has withdrawn from the final individual all-wrong competition. We wholeheartedly support Simone's decision and applaud her bravery in prioritizing her well-being. Her courage shows yet again why she is a role model for so many. At the time, she was just 24 years of age. So let us repeat what we are looking at here in context of the level of success. 32 Olympic and World Championship medals. Oh, by the way, she recently won two gold and one silver just in this month, October, at the World Championships. So she's on her way back. She's bouncing back. She's recovering. Her story is amazing. And the most successful and celebrated female gymnast of all times. Yet, when the time came for her to perform in the Tokyo Olympics, she could not get it together. I just read the statement that was spoken on her behalf by the USA Gymnastics Association. In an interview, she said, the pressure 
of performing at that high level all the time finally got to her. And one of the things that made that happen was that when everyone is around her, she has the support system. There are people there backing her, this one doing that, all her staff, all her support people are around. But when she's alone and by herself, and she thinks of the pressure of having to go out there and perform, because remember, when she goes out on the floor to perform, it's just her alone out there. Yes, there may be team members around, her coach, her supporters, as the case might be, but the actual performance boils down to her and her alone. And eventually it got to her. And the sad thing about it was that there was not enough of a system in place to help her deal with this situation. As a result, she ended up suffering from ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and could not get it together. But thank God, she put in the hard work. She put in the time. She paid attention to details and found a way to overcome and her life is on the bounce back even as we speak. She's happily married and doing extremely well at the current World Olympics Championship. It's a wonderful story. But it's also a perfect example of how someone can be extremely successful and at the same time struggle with mental health issues. That's just the stark reality of it. So don't feel that if you're in a position where you're being affected one way or the other, that it is only because you may not be in the limelight or you may not be successful. It can happen to so many people at so many different levels. Mental health issues, depression, anxiety, ADHD, call it what you may, name it how you want to. They have no respect of persons. Once the opportunity is there, they're going to come on board. I want to share the face of another young lady with you. And this young lady, her name is Naomi Osaka. And she has been ranked number one in singles by the Women Tennis Association, sorry, and is the first Asian player to hold the top ranking in singles in women's tennis in the world. She's a four-time Grand Slam singles champion with two Australian Open and two US Open titles. And her seven titles on the WTA tour also include two at the premier mandatory level at the 2018 US Open and the 2019 Australian. Osaka won her first two major titles in back-to-back -to -back tournaments. She was the first woman to win successful major titles that way since Serena Williams in 2015. And the first to win two successive major titles since Jennifer Capriati in 2001. Later in that same year, she defeated then 23 Grand Slam singles champion Serena Williams in the final of the U.S. Open to become the first Japanese player to win a major singles title in mid-2021. However, 
she end up suffering from depression and other mental health issues. Naomi retired from the French Open, dropped out of Wimbledon and lost early at the US Open. And she closed down the rest of her tennis season to focus on family and health. So from 2018 to 2021, she won a major singles title in four consecutive years, which ended in 2022. She has won over 22 million plus US dollars in prize money, not to mention other monies that she would have earned through contracts with Nike and other supporters and other sponsors. She is still in her 20s. The thing about it is that she had problems focusing on balancing her life with regards to family and health issues. And her focus on tennis was so intense that she found it very hard to focus on herself enough to create that balance for family time and health time. It is important for us to recognize that we must live balanced lives. No matter how successful we are, no matter how challenging the level of success that we have earned has brought upon us, the opportunity for family and self-care is extremely important for us to create for ourselves over a consistent period of time. If we do not get this balance, we can end up like Naomi. And it's a sad thing because she has so much potential. In a short space of time, have achieved so much, broken so much records. But when it came to dealing with the reality of family and health, the success could not help her. The success could not help her. She's still dealing with several issues. She was barely present in the 2023 WTA tour. And we, we pray that everything would pr pretty much go well with her and she would bounce back in due time with regards to her career. But I'm just using this as an example to show the youth of our time and the level of stress and pressure that is being placed upon them, if they do not find that balance in their lives, it can create severe and very harsh mental health challenges for them. This gentleman, his name is Michael Phelps. And the record that Michael Phelps holds is one that the experts say will probably be never repeated ever in this lifetime. Maybe someone may come close. So let me just read most of what he has accomplished. Number one, he's the most successful and most decorated Olympian period of all time with a total of 28 medals. He holds the all-time records for Olympic gold medals with 23. Olympic gold medals in individual events, 13. Olympic medals and even individual medals, 16. At the 2004 Olympics in Athens, Phelps tied the record of eight medals of any color at a single games 
held by gymnast Alexander Dityatin by winning six goals, two bronze medals, and four years later, when he won eight gold medals at the 2008 Beijing Games, he broke fellow Americans from a Mark Spitz's 1972 record of seven first-place finishes at any single Olympic Games. He came back to win four golds and two silvers in 2012. And in Rio de Janeiro 2016, five golds, one silver. That made him the most successful athlete of the Games for the fourth Olympics in a row. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. But Phelps, Michael Phelps had some serious issues. And those issues came out of the fact that he found himself in a situation where he was very depressed to the point of suicide. However, serious intervention took place and he found a way to bounce back. What I want to do now is share a video with Michael. And he is confessing something here that I want us to really take cognizance of and look at from the perspective of trying to understand how you could be so successful and yet at the same time be seriously challenged with mental health issues. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause this video. There you go. I'm going to pause it for a second. And I'm going to set up the share so we can look at it and understand the challenges of this young man. It's extremely important to listen to what he is saying. All right. Listen to what he is saying. So here we go. therapy for all yeah it's an amazing story he had achieved so much success 28 olympic and world championship medals the most of anyone of all times four consecutive olympic finals winning more than four medals at each eight in one eight again seven and then six amazing right but because of the pressure of continuing to perform at that level something clicked inside of michael and when that something clicked, 
he realized that he was all alone basically by himself. Now, he heard what he said. He considered himself to be a very strong person. And that is actually true because I want you to think about the amount of information he would have had to gather about himself to go back over and over and over again and compete at the highest possible level and still win. That had to take a lot of strength, mental, physical, emotional strength. It means, therefore, that most of his time would have been spent prioritizing how he could keep himself fit, how he could keep his mind focused, how he could concentrate on what he had to do with regards to accomplishing the goals that was set out, <laughs> that was set out for the time. So my producer is saying he missed the video and he was distracted for a moment. So let me see if I can just bring it back up. If I can just bring it back up for you, my friend, we shall have it. Let me see if I can find it. Yes, I think I can find it. And I'm going to share gold medal the all-american dream come true but i was lost i hadn't left my room in five days i questioned whether i wanted to be alive i was the weakest i realized i couldn't handle this by myself that's when i decided to seek help and work with a therapist that decision saved my life you don't have to wait for it to get that bad Please talk to a licensed therapist as soon as you feel you need help. Brought to you by Talkspace. Therapy for all. Okay, so there you go. My producer said he missed the video, so I decided to share it again. Maybe there's a reason for me doing that. The bottom line here is that Michael recognized that despite he was so physically conditioned, mentally focused the fact that he did not want to come out of the room and face reality face life for a week meant that something was tremendously wrong he was going through a tremendous amount of internal depression and withdrawal and he didn't want to share that with anyone because he felt ashamed but remember what he said in the end you cannot do anything by yourself and stay by yourself and expect to achieve success. Reach out to someone, ask a question, share your feelings. When you realize you reach to a point where you cannot come to terms with how you're feeling, there's an indifference, a certain level of inconsistency in how your emotions are coming through your life. You are short and harsh with people. There's a change in your habits, the way you eat, the way you sleep. Everything is kind of out of balance, out of whack, as they say. And you can't seem to be in control of what is happening. And gradually, you seem to want to withdraw from people and social activities. And you want to change up the things that you have been accustomed to. Something is wrong. And he knew it. And he understood it. 
and he realized he needed help. If you have to cry out for help, cry out for help. But by all means necessary, get the help that you need to take care of yourself. Because you must place a whole lot of importance and value on your life as an individual who knows that you are here placed by the Creator for a specific purpose. Any level of sickness, any level of disease that comes to this world, you have to understand that it is something that creates a depression level in our lives that basically comes through sin. Everything that comes through this world from a negative connotation, it came through sin. If there was no sin, then we wouldn't have to worry about diseases. But it's a consequence, it's a result of the actions of Brother Adam and Sister Eve in the Garden of Eden. We can't blame them. We have choices. And that is what Michael was saying. We have a choice that we can make. And we must make the choice that is in our best interest. If it means reaching out to a licensed therapist, someone who is professionally qualified to deal with what we are <laughs> what we are experiencing, we must understand that that is something that we should use as a priority. So Dexter Justin saying he's not hearing me now because he's supposed to. I will introduce him and then we'll call him into the studio. So for the moment, let me just set my stuff up here and see how I can create the opportunity for us to introduce Justin Williams. So Justin is here. So we're going to ask him to stand by for the moment as we continue to set up, to welcome him to the program and hope that he really enjoys his stay with us here on Breaking Out of depression. So I just want to share quickly as we are looking at 701. Thank you for being here with us, those who are live with us. Remember, we want you to be involved in the program. This is Justin Williams, our guest. He's in the studio. When he begins to speak and we begin to have the conversation, we want you to please share your thoughts, put your comments there, ask your questions. Justin's story is amazing. Let me tell you a bit about Justin while we wait for him to get into the studio. Justin Williams is the host of the Hidden Gateway podcast, executive director for Tangelic, and he's going to tell you a bit about that, and a board member with Fund for Empowerment, and an author of in the Eye of the Father, a memoir of faith and redemption. Justin's complex challenges in his youth, including a near-death experience with a catalyst to stepping into his purpose, his spiritual rebirth, a charge or change the projection of his life. Deep introspection made him realize that he had unique gifts to share with others, which led him to start the Hidden 
Gateway Podcast. The experiences Justin had, instead of debilitating him, forged him to become the man he is today. All right, so I'm going to stop sharing right now, and I'm going to ask Dexter to introduce Justin into the studio. Justin, are you there? Can you hear me? Okay, you need to unmute your mic. I'm not hearing him, Dexter. Justin is there. I'm seeing his lips moving, but I can't hear him. Okay, so we seem to be having an issue with the audio at this time. I'm seeing him, but I can't hear him coming through via the audio. Is it something from our end, Dexter? Justin, maybe you need to move your airpiece. I'm not sure. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. How you doing, Andy? Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing fine, my brother, and it's a wonderful thing to see you. And welcome to this episode of Breaking Out of Depression. Uh, our co-host, Wendell Paris, is celebrating his 25th birthday today. Oh. And he is not with us, probably looking on at the show. I don't know, but he's not in the studio. So, welcome. And I want you to begin. I'm going to put you on the spot right away, Jester. I sat back again and looked at the interview we had. And I looked at your story and I listened intently. And I realized when I understood again what you had been through, I'm amazed of how you turned out to be so well. It had to be God. No one else but God. Amen. You're nodding. You're agreeing with me. So what I want you to share with our people today is that childhood experience you had when that trauma was so overwhelming, you did not know where to go, what to do, but somehow the good Lord pulled you through and you are an example for so many today. Share that early childhood experience with us, Justin. Thank you. Will do. And Andy, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, it's welcome. so great to see you. But uh, just to dive into your question, um, yeah, my childhood was very, very challenging. It was quite dramatic. Um, I, I grew up in a home with both parents. However, my father, he was an alcoholic and he was also a, a former Marine. So um, with that said, he entered the Marines in, in the 50s. Uh, and at that time, it was quite different. And he was stationed in the South. And as, as you know, um, the type of racism that went on during that time, well, a lot of it still goes on in different ways, however, but it was much more blatant, much more in your face. And uh, he went in when he was 16. And so, um, you know, the way that affected him uh, was just horrible. It was very traumatic for him. And he himself, uh, then built up a lot of this negative energy, this low vibrating energy, and he didn't know how to deal with that after he left the service, so he turned to alcohol. And then eventually he met my mother, and um, because of his alcohol issues, that caused issues not only with 
our family, but his extended family as well. So I'm speaking of uh, his father, him and his father fell out and didn't speak for maybe 30 plus years um, up until a few years before my father transitioned. And, uh, you know, affected my brother and my mother and I. And, you know, um, I went through <laughs> a, a lot of tough things. Uh, you know, I remember one time when I was about four years old, he told my brother and I to to stay in the house. This was during the summer. My brother was about six or seven, but my parents worked different shifts. So my father worked afternoons. My mom would leave in the morning. My father would leave in the afternoon. So it was about an hour gap that my brother and I would be there by ourselves until my mother arrived home. So the rule was, you know, don't answer the door for anyone and stay in the house. Well, one one summer day, my brother and I were, were feeling like, uh, felt, felt like going outside. So we knew we weren't supposed to, but we did. We were outside for about maybe 10 or 15 minutes, uh, right in front of the house on the sidewalk, but we saw that, that blue Bonneville. This is like maybe 1982. And uh, we saw that Bonneville turn the corner and uh, we got scared, we ran the house. Uh, he had saw us, he, he came in the house, he immediately made a strip down to our trousers. He took an extension cord and a belt, one in each hand, and just beat us recklessly for maybe about 30 minutes. Wow. Um, I remember one time he took the belt, his belt, and this is back in the early 80s where those belts that were about three or four inches thick with yeah. the big buckles. Yeah. He yeah. wrapped that around my brother's neck and just drug him through the house for about five minutes. Wow. And I just hid. I just hid in the other room. So that was my, my earliest um, memory of, of, of a traumatic event um, regarding my father, with my father. Um, I remember one, one other time, he, him and my mom, they got into a very, very bad argument. And uh, he, he punched her in the face. My mom got up, then ran out the house. He went in the kitchen, grabbed every single knife he could find and went, then went chasing after her. And uh, he came back maybe about 15 minutes later, left out again. And then maybe about an hour later, my mom came back and she told my brother and I to hurry up and get our stuff together that we were going to Ohio to live with my sister. Um, I, I remember that my grandmother, my father's mother told told us that he had actually called her when he was looking for my mom, telling her that he was going to kill my mom. But thank God he talked her, talked him down. And uh, he pretty much told her, told him, he, she said, Jesse, you know, we, I know you love your kids. Now, if you kill Eunice, you know, they're going to be without a, a mother, obviously, and without a father, because you'll be going to prison for the rest of your life. So um, that, that really hit him hard. Obviously, he hadn't thought of that. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't. So I went a period of time without seeing him. We lived in Toledo, Ohio, and then fast forward maybe till I was about seven or eight years old. He and my mother tried to work things out again, so he re-entered my life. And then I remember right around middle school, it got things got very crazy, very, very crazy from the age of about 11 to about 13. Uh, I mean, just a chaotic, chaotic environment. I, I literally, someone was calling the police two, three, four times a month because things got out of control in my home. So I never had any type of peace. And my father was very controlling. His mantra was a child is to be seen and not heard. And that mm -hmm. caused me to uh, shut down, not knowing how to express myself, uh, not yeah. knowing how to set boundaries with people. Uh, you know, I lived in fear for so long. Uh, but I remember right around sixth grade, this was a summertime again. And, you know, he told me to make sure I showered before he arrived home at night because you arrive home around 11, 11 o'clock at night or so. And he came in, I was outside all day with my friends, didn't shower, totally forgot about it. 
and he came in and asked me had i showered first thing justin did you shower i said no sir i didn't he grabbed me by my my uh my shirt my collar dragged me into the bathroom turned on the hot water in the sink and held my neck under the water for a few minutes he then went and took a a hair product which is like a hot oil treatment now with these you're supposed to run them under hot water for a few minutes to warm them up he literally put it on the stove and boiled it in hot water he then took that oil and poured it all over my scalp and uh you know i, I couldn't cry i couldn't show any emotion because i wasn't allowed to cry and uh so he did that i was holding in that 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 emotion then i he let me go i just fell to the ground still didn't cry and he said now get your excuse my language andy get your ass in the shower and so i got up got in the shower and then once i got in the shower that water hit me i, I just i just let loose man i couldn't hold it any longer uh so those are a couple of examples of some of the traumatic experiences that i had in my youth just just two or three of, of many but again just reverting back to what i said a, a minute ago this caused me to be a depressed child um this caused me to have a lot of anxiety as a child as well as into my as well into adulthood and um it just made things that much harder to figure out for myself. It affected me in relationships, it affected me on the job, um, just pretty much personal life as well, you know. And, um, but then, you know, I always um, knew about God because my mom always made sure she took my brother and I to church. And, you know, I had some great experiences in my youth in church. And I remember going to one church in Detroit on the east side of Detroit called Refreshing Springs, there was a total of maybe not even 10 members in the church, but those 10 members were there faithfully every Sunday. They didn't care about how big the church was, how many members were there. These people, I was so blessed to be around because these people were true people of God. I knew at that time, as I know today, that the Father lived within, within them and they wanted to do what they felt was right in God's eyes. And that left an incredible impression upon me. And, you know, it was the, the base, if you will, for me knowing God and developing a relationship with God. You know, I, my mom and others talked about God and I had this idea that he was this larger than life thing in the sky that we could reach out to um, in the time of need and, or, or just whenever. You know, uh, but it wasn't until maybe in my 20s and definitely in my 30s where life really started to come at me. And a lot of it was because of some of the, uh, the trauma I hadn't dealt with. And uh, because I hadn't dealt with that trauma, I didn't know how to deal with these other things that were going on in my life and was really confused by it all. But I tell you what, during that time is where I became very, very, very close to the father, with the father. I'm talking about in my closet for hours at a time, crying, being very vulnerable, and uh, just looking for, for guidance and direction. Wow. Folks, I hope you're really listening to this deep, amazing story of this man, Justin Williams. You know, I've listened to a lot of stories, but none have come really close to the level of trauma that he had to go through. It was not just physical, it was psychological, it was emotional. And he had this weird idea of who God represents, larger than life, out of sight figure that he couldn't reach. It's an amazing story. And I want us to understand that something like that is not easy to go through. Because at the end of the day, 
only when he really recognized he could find himself in a relationship with God through other persons who were depicting their commitment, their undying commitment to God, it made a huge difference in his life. And now he's better off as a result. He's a fine example of how someone can overcome childhood trauma. Here's the thing. Put your questions and your comments in the chat. And I just want to welcome Brother Ryan. He says, pleasant evening to all blessing. So Nicholas, Wesley, Gracie, all those who are on the program as well. Give a shout out to Wendell on his birthday. But also send out your comments and your questions to our guest as well, Justin. So he's still there, right? Justin is still there? Yes, I'm here. Yes. Okay, great. Wonderful. Uh, here's the question, Justin. How would you describe the steps that took you out of the trauma and set you on a path of recovery? Because I know it would have been over an extended period of time. But how would you describe your personal experience that took you from depressed, withdrawn, traumatized to some semblance of normalcy? That's a great question, Andy. And without doubt, it was definitely divine uh, act of the Most High Father. You know, my 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 pivot came in 2020. Like millions of other people around the world, I was sitting at home furloughed from my job because of what was going on in the world at that time. And obviously, I, I found that I had a lot of time on my hands. And um, you know, at that point. I made a decision to do something different because I wanted different change in my life. And there's this, this guy I know, <clears throat> we're very good friends. We met back in 2000, I believe. Uh, at this time, I used to manage a, a health food store. He and his father used to come in there and we, we built a great rapport, you know, really good people um, of the Christian faith. We used to talk about God. And all types of things. And uh, I believe he, he went off to college and, you know, I changed jobs and we, we lost contact. However, I found him online, maybe around 2006, 2007, just reached out to him, say, hey, how you doing? Hope all is well with you and your family, etc. And so we would email maybe once a year, you know. So again, in 2020, we made con contact, we connected, and uh, he started telling me about meditation. And yeah, I didn't know much about meditation. Um, I had you know heard of it, but I'd never practiced it. And he said, hey, you should, you should try meditating. And I did. And that meditation was the first step, unknowingly at the time, was the first step to make me taking a strong pivot that would change the trajectory of my life forever. Now, what that meditation did was simply bring an awareness to me. I was able to kind of be on the outside and look in. And during this meditation, you know, I, also, I would also receive messages from the Father as well. And things just made, made much more sense. And during this period of meditation from about April of 2020 to December of 2020, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much of why I was the way I was in regards to 
being a people pleaser, not setting boundaries with people, and, and essentially living in fear because it's all yeah. fear based, you know, yeah. due to my programming that I received from my father during those traumatic years of my youth. Yeah. See, Andy, I always thought my father was a good guy, you know, because that's what I had been told all my life. He was essentially this Dr. and Jekyll, Mr. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde character. He had this cruel side when he would drink or when he was in a bad mood. But there was another side of him where he was the most amazing guy in, his, in, in the world. He would literally give you the shirt off his back. And people loved him. People loved him in our community. People loved him on his job. They didn't know the dark side. They just knew the, the, the good side. And so I also had a lot of family telling me, oh, your dad loves you. He's a good dad. And then I remember one day my wife told me, she said, you know what? Your dad was good at times, but he wasn't really a good father. And so that just kind of hit me because I had never heard that before. And that was part of the process of me going deep into who he really uh who he really was and how he affected me yeah you know and again the meditation brought this awareness and essentially it brought healing as well um there came a point where i i went and uh received counseling as well my wife and i uh we, we received counseling we, we sat down with someone uh for a period of time and and that was very beneficial as well and uh you know, my beliefs start to change about the world as well. And in regards to, to uh, where we live and what we're involved in, and I don't want to get too far into that, but I'll just say this. One thing that the father told me is nothing is as it seems. And with that, uh, that, that really changed my outlook on, on my reality. But another thing that the father also told me is I have everything, I am equipped with everything that's necessary in order for me to step into my purpose and live in my purpose for as long as I'm on this earth. Yeah. And then right around October, the father spoke to me. He told me to start a podcast. Okay. And this is a very vulnerable time for me because I have all this awareness going on. So my immediate thought was, no, I'm not starting a podcast, not this introverted man who who lives in fear and is scared to speak up for himself and all this. I'm not about to start this and have my voice go all around the world and, you know, all these different things. I wouldn't do it. So I ignored it. But, you know, how it is when, when the divine, when the father, when, the, when our Lord God talks to us, he just keeps coming and keeps telling us. And then eventually what we should do is give into that. And I thank God that I did. So I started a podcast and I remember my very first episode, I was told by God to just tell the audience about myself, who I am and what I've been and what I've been through. And that was very difficult, but I was so glad I did because I didn't realize that realize at the time, but me expressing myself in that manner to essentially the world was another step in my healing process. Just getting yeah. off my not living in shame, not living in embarrassment, you know, that, that helped me tremendously. And then the, the father spoke again. Uh, shortly after uh, 2021 started and told me to to write a memoir to tell my story. Again, nah, that's even more detailed than a, one episode in the podcast. Can't do it, God. Not me. Not this, not this guy who's lived in fear for the majority of his life. But once again, the Father just kept pushing me and telling me and put it on my heart, dropping it in my soul, essentially. And then I started that process in mid-2021. And then, uh, you know, I, I published my book, In the Eye of the Father, a memoir of, of faith and redemption, which is right here. Yeah. 
And, you know, those two things alone, starting a podcast and, and, and writing a book, really solidified uh, my healing process. And, you know, that took me from a point of being this, this low vibrational person who didn't know anything about himself and even about what he wanted to do in life. I was jumping from job to job. I traditionally have been in the in the health industry, the medical industry for many years, and I skipped the finance industry and amongst other things. But you know, that process of communicating my life story and becoming more aware of who I am and what it is inside of me really provided a breakthrough in my healing process. So the anxiety eventually went away, the depression eventually went away. And not only that, doing those two things alone made me know, not believe, or not even have faith in, it gave me a knowing that I am capable of doing any and everything I want to in this life. Wow. And especially when I had that confidence and when I, when I, you know, really got deeper into meditation and prayers, that led me to doing other things such as starting Tangela, which is my nonprofit. Um, and I have another book coming out at the end of this year. And I'm just being guided by the, by the spirit, you know, and, you know, my purpose, if people want to know, is to do exactly what I'm doing. I help humanity through my podcast, the Hidden Gateway podcast, as well as my memoir, my, my first book, which I like to say is a template for those to use that have had traumatic experiences to break through and rise higher and step into their purpose. Yeah, fantastic. And I allow you to express yourself because we can feel and hear the passion in your voice as you have found your way, you have found your destiny and you're fulfilling your purpose. And yes, that, is that was taken away from me, Andy. That was taken away from me by my father. Yeah. That, yeah. That my I had no voice. Yeah. He was very strict, very controlling. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, Justin, here's the thing. What kind of advice would you give to young people who are currently experiencing something similar to what you are, you have been through? What is Yes, I'm here. Whoa. I'm back. Okay, brother. Andy's back. Okay. Wow. There was a serious blip in my entire system there. I can okay. see the next disconnected. thing I knew, I was totally oh, okay. okay. So Good evening. I'm back. Mr. Williams, I'm ex-honorary. Yeah. I'm the one in the background. Okay, brother, Andy is back. Great. All right, next, so just, just continue speaking with him. Let me just fix my background here a bit. It may not be that important, but I just see if I want to go back to settings a bit. Uh, okay, the question that I was asking is, what advice would you give to young people, children, basically, 
who are in a current position that was similar to yours back then when you were going through that dark area of depression and anxiety and trauma? What would you say to them that you think would help them now that you know that you know? I love that question, Andy. That's a, that's a great question. It really is. The first thing I would I would say is no matter what you've been through in life, no matter what your experiences have been, it's okay. It is okay. And there's no need to have any shame, any embarrassment regards to what you what you've been through. And please know that everything you experience in your life is planned. It is planned by God. You know, that, that can be hard to, to understand for some people and accept as well. But in my heart of hearts, that is the truth. Just know that the father makes no mistakes in regard to the family we're born in or some of the experiences that we have while we're here. Yeah. They must know that this is a learning environment. We're here to learn and to grow and then to regurgitate that, if you will, in a form of love and wisdom to others, yeah. you know? So as hard as as challenging as the things that I experienced in my youth, I have no regrets about any of it, yeah. none yeah. at all. I understand that I had to, and some people may not like this, but I had to be somewhat of a sacrifice through those experiences to do what I'm doing now to help others in the position that I'm in. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, I made the decision to seek help and to, to essentially step into my purpose. And that's a hard thing to do. And unfortunately, not everyone is able to do that for various reasons. That yeah. takes a lot of looking in the mirror mm -hmm. and being honest with yourself. And it takes being very, very vulnerable. See, because most people, I believe, think that, oh, I'm okay. I don't have any issues. I have everything together. Why? Because I have this great paying job, this great spouse, these great kids, this, that, and the next. But the truth is, for most people, they have trauma that they're not aware of and that, they're not, and that they have not healed from. And the majority, for most people, that trauma comes from something that happened in their youth. And yeah. so people are, are scared to be vulnerable and scared to talk about it. And what they've done is they've sub subconsciously buried that. They buried it in their subconscious. Yeah. So for those young people that may be experiencing anxiety and depression, I would say look to get some help from someone that is able to understand what they're going through. I mean, you can you can go to counseling, which is which is fine, but Counselors, in my experience, counselors, some counselors may not be able to deliver the necessary help because they haven't haven't walked in in your shoes. You know, so for young men, I recommend maybe men's groups, you know, whether it's through the church or, or your local community and, and the same for, for young women as well. But again, um, it's important for them to know that it was not a mistake and if they are willing to and if they are courageous, they can they can definitely overcome anything that they experience. That, just like myself, they have everything inside to to make it happen. It's amazing. So, do you get the opportunity to share your story with folks, and 
Do you have any time where you have these book talks going? Uh, maybe when you did the launch and you had to do the tours and so on that normally the publishers would have you do. How did people respond to your experience? I mean, seeing the book is wonderful. Seeing you on podcasts is, is more wonderful maybe. But how about that one-on-one -on -one live experience when they're actually hearing the story coming from your voice? What was that experience like? Yeah, I've, I've done several book talks uh, locally here in my area. And it, I tell you what, it, it's always a great experience. It's nothing like it to be in front of people and having that face-to-face -face interaction. Uh, most people are amazed. Most people, you, you know, they, they think, well, why, wow, how, how are you able to do what you do at, considering everything you've been through? And I just give honor to God, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I give honor to God. And, I, and, and you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Andy. You know, I pat myself on the back sometimes, too, because, yeah, God, God is the reason, but I had to do my part as well, you know, um, and, and, and that, that I did. So, um, but it never fails. Every time I have a book talk, I always have someone, at least one person, come up to me and say afterwards, you know what, um, I really could relate to your story because I know someone that struggles with uh, trauma that they have not healed from. Um, could, do you, could you please give them a call? You know, that, that never fails. It, it, it never fails. And I, I get emails all the time as well after doing appearances on, on shows, et cetera, of, of people that, that need help, that people that were in, in, my, in my position at one time. So um, people are always amazed. It's, they they you know, always get great feedback, that's for sure. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Justin. I truly appreciate what you've been sharing. I want to go to the part of parenting. And I want to believe that you have basically transitioned so much that you now understand what kind of father that you need to be to your children and what kind of husband you need to be to your wife. Let's imagine that Parents have a child that is going through some trauma, but it's not coming from the home. It's coming from the social status that they're involved in, whether it be friends, teammates, school, social clubs, etc. but not from the home. How do parents manage and deal with that child? What are the things that they, they need to look for that they probably would not normally understand and know, hey, something is wrong here, and we need to address it because we need to be the kind of parent that our child, whether it be a girl or a boy, needs to depend on as that strong foundation from a family perspective so that they could deal with it. What kind of advice would you give to parents in that situation? Wow, Andy, you, you have some amazing questions. I'm loving your questions. Uh, this one is, is definitely dear to me because I have three children myself. And I tell you what, I tell parents right off the bat, if, if you haven't started instilling in your children uh, wisdom of knowing who they are and what they're capable of, start it right now. Um, I guess I would say that's a form of building confidence. Um, I think it's very important to tell your children as well, if you haven't done so already, that spiritual warfare is real. 
It really is real. It is real as real can get. Um, I'm, I'm talking, you know, people, you know, obviously there's good spirits and bad spirits. We'll call the bad ones demons or whatever we want to call them, but they are able to attach to people. It's all energy, negative and positive energies, right? I mean, these energies can attach to people and they, they're, they're much more easier to attach to people who are not built up spiritually you know, in, in, in with their with their praying and their relationship with God. So um, I think it's important that parents start at a young age with their children, letting them know that, hey, in this matrix of a world, this reality that we live in, you're going to be faced with all types of things from all types of people, and you're going to be in all types of different situations when you come across these, these people. But regardless of what you go through and or I should say what you experience, know who you are. You know, um, be careful about be very careful about the relationships you you take on with people. You know, that's what I tell my kids daily. You know, um, I had a I had one of my one of my sons, they had an issue with a bully at school for for a for about a about a year, maybe a year and a half. Um, you know, I, I could have pulled my son out of that school, but that's that's not my style. That's not what I do. I, I told my son, hey, you know. When you go, when you wake up in the morning, the very first thing that you to tell yourself is this is going to be the best day of my life. I have my children saying that every morning. I also have them saying affirmations. I am great. I am strong. I am protected. I am not weak. I am prosperous. I am a servant to humanity, a child of the most high father. You know, they say these affirmations each day in the morning and at night before they go to bed. So I think you have to sharpen that iron. You have to sharpen that sword from within for, for children. And again, if parents have not started that, they need to start right away. And then once you program your child, because essentially that's what you're doing, once you program your child to, to know who they are within the father, when they are faced with those situations where the enemy attacks them, it'll be a lot easier for them to deal with. They won't, they, I mean, the fear will be there, but they know how to deal with, deal with that fear. That's another thing I teach my kids as well, because that was my issue, right, with fear for many years. Fear still tries me all the time, but now I know how to deal with fear. And I tell you what, that makes all the difference in the world. You have to yeah. speak to that fear. You, you yeah. cannot cave it. I don't care what, I tell people all the time, I don't care what it looks like. You, you don't accept that situation. You speak to it and you command it to go. You know, and, and once you're able to set that mindset and it better yet, instill it in your children, I tell you what, you're, you're building a strong spiritual foundation right off the bat. And, and that will make their their lives dealing with all the chaos, confusion in this world that we live in. Uh, it will make it uh, that much easier for them as, as they as they go and, and navigate through this through this chaos of the world. Wow. Wow, I have no idea what's happening there. Okay, so I'm back, but I don't know exactly what's going on with this system. It just, I just keep getting these blimps. Ah, Justin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, you were talking about the the parenting aspect as I asked you the question. And you're talking about the stuff that you do with your kids as a parent. 
and the affirmations that you let them take. And you said something about iron sharpening iron. And believe you me, that's ironic because we have a program on this network that is entitled Iron Sharpened Iron. So I, I yeah. guess that's synergistic in, in its sense of reality. <laughs> the next thing I want to ask you about is tell us a bit about that organization that you have, uh, Tangelic, uh, what it represents and the work that you're doing with regards to the people that you're helping with, with that nonprofit. Yes, Tangelic is my love. That That is where my heart is at. Don't, don't get me wrong, I love my podcast, but with Tangelic, that is a uh, is something that, that really enables me and puts me in a position to help so many people. And, uh, you know, my, my saying with Tangelic is restore your purpose, you know, and, and essentially that's what I did. And I teach people how to do that as well. I live here in the, in the Phoenix area and I do a lot of work with the homeless, a lot of outreach outreach work where I'm actually going out into the streets, um, speaking with the homeless community. And, you know, in fact, me and my, my wife and my daughter, we just went out last week and we handed out uh, a bunch of uh, care packages, book bags with hygiene products to the homeless people. And, and every year, you know, uh, throughout the year, I should say, we, we do a lot of work with the homeless community, but um, just not the homeless community, you know, anyone that is in a state of uh, chaos and confusion, you know, anyone that needs healing, um, anyone that may just need someone to talk to, you know, because it's hard out here, you know, for, for, for the majority of us, you know, this life that we live in is not easy. And then you have all these crazy things going on everywhere in the world. And, you know, for a lot of people that can build up a lot of fear and people don't know what life would be like next month and the next year, next two, three, four, five years. So um, I teach people how to ground themselves in peace and love and in divine order, you know, and, and again, if they don't have a foundation, I help them build that foundation in their life. Um, I, I, I definitely let them know that they must, if they want to want to get through whatever it is they're going to, they must have a relationship with God. You know, if they don't, if they don't, um, they're just, they're delaying their, their healing, they're delaying their progress. They, they really are. Um, and again, um, meditation, I introduce that to people as well. And that never fails. I tell you that meditation is something um, that can be a challenge at first, but if, you know, if people have the discipline to stick with it, uh, some amazing things can happen um, in a month, two, three, four, five, six months time where you just, um, get this awareness about self and then you you it's like you you go in it's almost like you're a you're a surgeon and you you go within within your dna and you see these things that have been affected by your programming throughout your life and then essentially once you identify those things you then work on healing those things and once you do that you can do all types of things and raise your vibration and and realize that you are one with the father and eventually step into your purpose in life yeah, I, I want to remind uh, our, our audience that they can put in their comments and their questions in the chat uh, so that we, we can at least put Justin on the spot a little bit. <laughs> uh, he, he's an amazing and humble guy. And trust me, he would welcome your questions and your comments. Yeah, absolutely. People to be involved in the community and to build the relationship that we are building and Justin is part of the community. He has joined 
and we can always knock on his door and he's going to be there to help and assist with his amazing stories, experience, and the knowledge that he has gained so far. You spoke a lot about meditation and spending time with God in prayer and discovering things about yourself that you did not know before. One of the things that I speak about, and I spoke about it in the last program, was having something like a war room. You mentioned the word closet, a place where when you are troubled, you can just go and you can shut out everything and all the distractions, leave the phone out or leave the phone off and just spend time with God meditating. Psalms, songs, scriptures, you name it. How key and important is this aspect to dealing with the trauma and to understanding how much more we can become closer connected to the Father, but also understand how much more spiritual, not religious, but spiritual we can be in terms of our approach to any levels of trauma that we have to deal with. Oh, man, Andy, love it, love it. I love talking about meditation, I tell you. <laughs> uh, you know, meditation for me and many others is a time uh, where I can quiet the mind. And, and yeah, I do have, my closet is my, my war room, if you will. I have this amazing altar set up in there. Um, that I that I uh, that I meditate in front of and pray in front of, but uh, you know we, we all have so much going on in life. We're taking in a lot of data each and every day. Um, you know, whether it be on the internet, watching TV, at work with the families, you're constantly taking things in. Your mind is constantly working, constantly working, and really the only time that you get to shut down, if you will, is when you go to sleep. Well, you know what? I learned that for me, that wasn't enough. I needed additional time in the day to shut down, you know, and that's what meditation has done for me. Um, I've learned how to silence the mind, you know, and then when you do that, you receive information from the universe because all the information's out there, all the great thoughts, all the great inventions that, that have not hit this earth yet are there in the universe in God's hand. And it's there for us to get. You know, and that can be any and everything. And for me, one of the things was my healing, what I needed to do and how I need to be in order for me to receive the healing that was necessary for me to step into my purpose. And I love the fact that you said um, spirituality and, and not religion because two totally different things. You know, I think I mentioned before, I grew up in the church. I was one of those kids that went to church three, four times a week. It was very religious. You know, now that I'm into doing what I do, I, I've, I'm not, I do not consider myself a religious person. In fact, now over these last three years, I am without doubt closer to God than I've ever been. Now, with that being said, I don't knock anyone that is into religion. You know, I respect why people are into religion. I was in there myself. You know, in my path, my journey was to get away from religion and just more, more so focus on the spirituality of things. And by doing this, I've learned about myself more than ever compared to when I was a religious man. I've learned about others. I've learned about the world, you know. So that was my journey. I mean, if people stay in religion and, and that's their path, well, hey, so be it. But I tell you what, um, I definitely believe and, and know the Father, you know. So, and, and that's what I'll, I'll continue to do. But, um, you know, during these meditation sessions, they've, they've been literally out of this world. I'm, I'm talking, you know, I've had some experiences that people wouldn't even, 
<laughs> wouldn't even believe, you know, I'm talking like out-of-body experiences, et cetera, you know, when you hear about people going to the astral plane and these different type of things. Um, there's one other point I wanted to, to bring forth as well that just slipped my mind. I know it will come back to me, though, and it was regards yeah. to, to the meditation. That's for sure. It'll, it'll come back to me in a minute, though. All right. So we have a question from Peggy Roberts Lee for you, Justin. Good night, Mr. Justin. How do you self-care about sharing your story of trauma without going into a depression yourself? Wow. That's powerful. Yeah, very powerful. Great question. Great question. Uh, you know, I, I'm at the point now where when I share my story and everything I've been through, it doesn't affect me uh, in a negative manner. Now, <clears throat> early on in, in, in my journey, or in my healing journey, it most certainly did, especially when I wrote my book, because I had to write, actually write out a, all of the traumatic experiences that I had in my youth, and that was not easy. I would sometimes just break down and start crying and just have to stop and just set my book down for a couple of days and, and then come back to it when I was in a better mental space. But, you know, I've been meditating for so long and practicing spirituality for so long. Um, I have built up this this energy or, or this this armor, if you will, that I guess I would say protects me from from going there and becoming depressed or feeling down about my experiences. And, you know, I, I don't look at it as a, as a negative as well. I have programmed myself to look at it as one of to look at it as one might call a unfortunate necessary. I guess that's the best way I know how to how to word it, even though I don't think it was unfortunate. But it was just something that that had to happen in my life in order me in order for me to be the man who I am today. And therefore I wouldn't change anything. And I am very happy with who I am today. I really am because life is great for me. I am so aware and uh it's 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 just it's just it's just beautiful. It's been a beautiful experience. So um, great question. However, I don't, I don't get down. I don't get depressed when I, when I tell my story of everything I've been through. I, I just, I have too much gratitude in my heart for all of my experiences for me to go that route of, of feeling down or getting depressed. Yeah. Thank you for that response. Jessica. That was really wonderful. And I could still hear the passion in your voice. So I know that you're speaking from a place of deep conviction. You know, it is important for us to understand that even though we may have experiences that people may consider quote-unquote bad, you, as you rightfully say, nothing that happens in our life is a mystic or something that happens by chance or mischance. Mm -hmm. There's always something about our destiny within that situation, despite it may be considered to be negative or bad. But at the end of the day, how we see it and how we learn from it, how we develop our inner strengths and our inner values, our exactly. inner fortitude from it, that makes a difference. You know, it's like, okay, don't see yourself as a victim, but see yourself as a student of the circumstance. And therefore, if you see yourself as a student, now with that kind of mindset, what are you going to do? You're going to learn. You're going to develop and you're going to grow. You cannot go to the gym and not exercise muscles and expect the muscles to grow. 
And so what happens is that sometimes negative situations, or as I said, what may be considered as bad situations, they create spiritual, emotional, and mental muscles for us. But we have got to understand the process and see ourselves, as I said before, not as being victims, but as an opportunity to learn and be a student of the circumstance. With that kind of mindset, we can also get the help from the Father to go to the next level because that way he has the opportunity now to give us the strength from a spiritual perspective so that we can overcome our challenges in the physical perspective. And this, this is just my little take on it, but I know this is, this is the way that Justin is feeling right now. So when he speaks about his story, it does not remind him of anything negative. It reminds him of the fact that, hey, I am so much better off now as a result of what I've been through. And I'm at a place where I'm so strong, so fulfilled that I will remember that as part of my foundation, but not to bring me to a negative place, but to a place of positive thinking, a place of inspiration, a place of transformation, which now I am sharing with the world. And that is so powerful. Thank you. Wow, Andy, that was great. I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, you really hit the, the, uh, the nail on the head there. I mean, as the old saying goes, the mind is a powerful thing. You know, I choose to, to know and believe what I want to believe in my mind. You know, I really, really do. So so thank you for saying that. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, how, how do we get people to realize, Justin, that they have a choice? You know, you spoke about being a people pleaser and being afraid to speak out, but you didn't realize then, you didn't recognize. It was not in your mind. Hey, Justin, you have a choice. Right. You can speak out, you can stand up for yourself and say what you think and what you believe. How do we get people to get that level of boldness to realize they have a choice and they don't have to be dictated or influenced by anything that is happening around them. It does not matter, they still have a choice. They do have a choice. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we cannot do it. They have to do it. But what I tell those people is you have to put yourself in a position to be successful. And you know what that costs for? For some people, maybe hanging out with different people, friends uh, and even family. Please put yourself around. Are the people you surround yourself with, are they negative? Do they speak positive? Do they really have your best interests at heart? Andy, I had to cut a lot of people out of my life. I really did. A lot of yeah. people, so-called friends and family, because these people no longer fit it, fit me and who I am as a person. Yeah. And that, yeah. that has worked wonders for me. Um, you know, the things that you take in on a daily, what are you watching on TV? What are you listening to on the radio? What are you looking at online? All of these things have an effect on you in either a positive or a negative way. There's no in-between. Either you're receiving positive energy from something, because everything's energy. Everything is energy. Either you're taking in positive energy from something or negative energy from something. Yeah. And then yeah. you may think, oh, if I look at something, some porn online, oh, that's not a big deal. Or, or, or if I look at this Halloween movie, that's not a big deal. But you know what? You put in a little piece of negative energy from that, a little piece of negative energy from that. Well, I got this friend that's so negative and speaking negative. You're hanging out with him or her all the time. I'm put, you, you keep loading on all this negative energy. Before you know it, you're in a place 
where you don't even recognize yourself. You look up and you're like, wow, how did I become this person in my life now? Mm. Well, it's 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 what you're it's what you're it's what you're taking in on a daily basis. So people do have to make a a conscious decision to stay in the positive realm, the positive lane, if you will. And and the mind is so powerful. Essentially, what I did is I reprogrammed my mind, my brain, my way of thinking. I had to unwire how I was raised with all this fear-based energy and rewire myself into a positive state of mind. And then once I did that, I started attracting more positive things into my life. You yeah. know, and, and I continue to do so. And, and I turn around and recycle that by giving it out to people. And that's yeah. how it should work. It should just be this huge recycle of positive energy flowing throughout the world. You know, that's that's what I believe in. And I do I do want to touch on one thing. When I spoke of meditation a few minutes ago, I had it slipped my mind, but I wanted to go back to that because it came back to me, Andy. And that is with the meditation, what you have the ability to do is open up what's called your third eye. You know, and when you talk about spirituality, you talk about these things, you know. Um, one of the things that I became aware of through my healing process and, and praying and meditating throughout the day and night was that I have the ability to know certain things, what I like to call intuition. Yeah. Okay. And it, it yeah. never fails me. And I've learned to listen to that voice within. It's the father. And that that helps guide me through this matrix of, of a world, all this chaos and confusion uh, by having discernment and knowing when people are real and when people are, are fake. And this has helped me in my business, in my organization. You know, it, it's the real deal, you know, and this is what I teach people to do with with Tangelic. Okay. Wow, great. That's powerful stuff. Thank you for sharing, Justin. Um, our producer says, yes, sir. When he was speaking a while there about the things that we are allowed to get into our space, um, the people that we have around us, you spoke about the transference of energy. That's real. Because... Yes. The more time you spend with something, whatever that something is given off, you are receiving that in your spirit. And at some point in time, that would become part of you. And I don't think that people realize how important that is in the process of developing themselves as an individual. If you hang out with negative people for long, you cannot help but become negative yourself. Right. What you listen on the radio, that goes into your spirit. What you see on the television and the movies, that goes into your spirit. Yeah. The social media platforms, wherever it is that information, that energy is being shared, whatever that influence is coming from, the source of it, if it's negative, it's going to affect you. And as Justin rightly said, we need to insulate ourselves against that. And men in particular, remember, we are the head of our families. Right. You've got to protect your family. You've got to shield your family. That's part of our responsibility. We are supposed to be the ones that would stand as a strong man in the midst and protect them from these negative things that exist in the atmosphere. So we are coming to the end of this episode. We just have two minutes, and I want to remind our people to please reach out with regards to the resource personal directory. Remember, you can send your requests or email us 
or send us your email information to the WhatsApp number 1869-664-4365. Also remember to continue to support our other programs, Iron Sharpnet Iron, I want to say that first, Action Friday, the scriptures from an ancient Hebrew perspective. And remember the thought for the week, love is a decision when made eventually takes your emotions along with it. There will be no download uh, bonuses or incentives today. We will have something for the next episode. And remember, our co-host's birthday is being celebrated today. So you can reach out and shout out to him. Happy birthday to Wendell Paris. So until next time, this is your host, Handy, together with our background personnel, our producer, Brother Dexter, and our guest, Justin Williams, we are saying to you, so long, God bless, shalom. And remember, whatever you do, always seek to break out of depression. All right? Stay safe, people. Stay in love. And we thank Gracie, um, Ryan, the Puran family, and Peggy Roberts-Lee for your comments and your questions. Please invite someone next time for the program next week, Tuesday, God's willing, right here at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye for now. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Until next time.